Thanks for coming in, Mr. Mahoney. Do you have your member ID card? Yep, I have it right here in the FEP Blue app. See? Great. It's can I... awesome. The app can also help me find a provider and keep tabs on my deductibles. Okay, can I... Oh, yeah, and my out-of-pocket spending and visit limits, and I can call the nurse line. I'm really glad it does all that, but I only need to see your member ID card. Oh, that's it? Why didn't you say so? Fearless is just one tap away. With the new FEP Blue app from Blue Cross and Blue Shield, you can access your health benefits on the go. Download it now at fepblue.org app. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, I mean, Carson Wentz's uh, 99 point whatever quarterback rating may be a challenge by the league's best defense. I mean, the fewest explosive plays. But if you turn on the Vikings in any of their five games, Andrew, and watch any series of defensive plays, you see an airtight defense. Locked on Vikings, locked on podcast network. Salmon Sage on a Friday. Beautiful day in Minneapolis. Vikings and Eagles. Two days from now, we've been building this one up for a long time, it seems like, Sage. This was one of the longer bye weeks in recent memory, but Vikings are set to get this show on the road after a successful week of practice. Yeah, bye weeks, uh, it all depends on what type of situation you're in. Uh, my Iowa State Cyclones, of which I called that game last week, uh, the bye week seems very nice. It's like you don't have to you don't have to really uh, think about the Cyclones this week as we've only got one win so far this season. So, uh, But with the Vikings, you're sort of chomping at the bit to, you know, to get to the next game because they're playing so dang well. So a quick rendezvous outside of the Vikings. A couple Chicago teams in action last night. I know one of them of great interest to you. The Chicago Cubs, one win from the World Series, and another Chicago team, the Bears, just continuing to flounder. They didn't have an offensive touchdown last night. Brian Hoyer got hurt. Matt Barkley in. For a moment there, it looked like Chicago was threatening to upset Green Bay early in that third quarter, but not meant to be. Rodgers put the pedal to the metal. Yeah, a couple of things there. One, uh, uh, just for as a disclaimer, my dad's from Chicago, so I do get to claim myself a Chicago Cubs fan. Uh, I grew up probably my first ten professional major league games going to Cubs games, so uh, that that's, that was always my team. Like, I do like the Twins, though. Became a, a lover of that stadium and and the Twins and my time in in Minnesota. So those are sort of my two teams. It's good that they're. Uh, I think they're in they're in div- different uh, leagues, though, right? Yeah. Whatever you call it, National League, American League. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting thing about last night's game is, like, yeah, Rodgers was it was bottled up for the most of the first half, didn't play very well. Uh, you could definitely tell the announcers were were using that word separation a lot uh, in their telecast. They'd show the all twenty-two uh, replay, which is when they zoom out and you can see everybody on the field. And uh, there's a lot of situations where the receivers, uh, nobody was open or couldn't get away from their, their cornerbacks. I could pro- I'm probably going to write some sort of article about uh, Rodgers' struggles uh, here and, and that, that word separation and, and what his issues are. And, and because there was a few throws last night where guys were open on things like slants and he held back. It, it seems like he's a little hesitant. Uh, but at the end of the day, he still threw for you know about 300 yards and, and won that game fairly easily. Uh, one thing on the other side in Chicago, obviously now they have their two quarterbacks out. It's interesting to me, you know, Matt Barkley, when he was coming out of high school, he was a big-time recruit. He was like a four- or five-star recruit. You know, he was in the cover of like Sports Illustrated for kids, or maybe even like Sports Illustrated as to like the next coming. 
Uh, he was you know, going into his junior year, I think, at, at uh, USC, or maybe his senior year. People thought he might come out early and be the first pick of the draft. Goes to show you really what these draft gurus and all the hype that goes on before the draft. To me, it's just a bunch of nonsense. Like 90% of it is nonsense, in particular with quarterbacks. Uh, they, they, they hype these, they pub these and hype these guys up so high. And at the end of the day, a lot of times guys just end up being just sort of average backups and uh, just sort of food for thought. And when we have the draft coming up here, we'll, you know, I'm sure we'll be talking about the draft this spring. But man, they, they, they hype these guys up so much. Uh, then a lot of them just end up being, you know, just backup quarterbacks or third-string quarterbacks. And speaking of hyped-up quarterbacks, there were some comments this week by Greg Jennings, the former wide receiver for the Packers with Rodgers and Favre, and then obviously spent a couple of lackluster years in Minnesota. Now his career's over. But he goes on FS1 this week, and he has some interesting comments about Aaron Rodgers that have definitely turned some heads. This is from Greg Jennings, uh, basically saying Rodgers has received so much preferential treatment from the media. Quote, it has handicapped him to where he has never really had to self-assess and never really had to self-reflect. Everyone's always projected it somewhere else. Now the focus is on him. They will not win if he does not play better. What do you make of that? Well, he's right. They won't win if he doesn't play good football because I think that team really relies on him so much more than, uh, say, the Vikings rely on Sam Bradford. I mean, I'm not trying to take away from Sam Bradford, but if you compare the two rosters, it's not even close. I mean, the Vikings have a much better roster. GM Rick Spielman has done a much better job than GM Ted Thompson with those two football clubs. You swap those quarterbacks, the Vikings would be, I think, completely – unbeatable um, in, in, in this season. So uh, Rodgers hasn't played great this year. He has missed some throws, but that roster is not great either. And I think with uh, with what he said, uh, uh, Greg Jennings said, you know, when, when you're no longer in the game, like I'm no longer in the game, you have to say things and sometimes you, you, you speak your mind. And obviously he has an issue with Aaron Rodgers and he has an issue with the Green Bay Packers in general. He wasn't happy uh, – he left that football team uh, sort of near the end of his career, but uh, you know, that's the way it goes. And uh, and and I there's probably some truth to it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been so good in his ten years as a starter there um, that he probably hasn't had to you know quote unquote self reflect very often because he hasn't struggled all that much. He's been <laughs> so good on that football team he hasn't had to look at himself and go, well, maybe I'm the problem. Interesting stuff from Greg Jennings. I think Rodgers probably silencing a few of his critics last night with a huge second half. Green Bay wins at 26-10. They're 4-2. and two. By the way, you know the Vikings yep. obviously have their own issues at running back with Adrian being out, but they're, they were using the receiver last night at tailback. I mean, they, they, they have no running backs basically on them. Now they've got a couple. They obviously just trade for a guy, but that shows where the where the Packers are at right now on the roster. They're literally using a wide receiver number 88 as tailback. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a long time in the NFL. Yeah, that's curious. Uh, there's a lot of injuries, not just, I mean, in, in the NFL as a whole, but especially the NFC North, it seems like players and going down right and left, whether it's the Chicago quarterbacks, the, the Detroit defense, Minnesota's offensive line, there's just injuries all over the place, and it, it turns into a battle of depth. Who has developed their practice squad better? Who's developed their special teams guys better to step into these roles and make an impact? It's sort of a war of attrition in the NFL, isn't it? 
It is, and you know, there's a lot of uh, hard work and a lot of things that go into having a really good NFL team, but there's a, your fair share of luck as well. Uh, having you know your offensive line stay healthy, your quarterback healthy, your premier players uh, stay healthy. Uh, there's a lot of luck involved. And the, Viking, the Vikings have been lucky on defense, but man, offense they've been very unlucky. And uh, somehow Norv and his crew have found a way to to score some points. And so uh, I, I've been saying this for years: guys are getting bigger and faster and stronger, but your ligaments and your tendons and and your bones don't really get bigger and faster and stronger and and those things are you know seem to be breaking at a at a very high rate. Talk about the Vikings quarterback for a second. North Turner spoke yesterday and he identified what he thought was Sam Bradford's best throw of the year. Now he identified the Stefan Diggs touchdown against Green Bay back of the end zone. Bradford gets hit as he throws and he th- basically throws it with his arm. Perfect pass. For the touchdown, I mean, can you think of, of another throw from Bradford this year that you really liked, or uh, does that stand out to you? What, what's your favorite Bradford throw? Well, that was probably the best one. You're probably right on that. Uh, I, I tell you, that's his worst throw. It's probably that fade route uh, to Kyle Rudolph uh, when Rudolph lined up there versus a, a corner, and Bradford throws the ball uh, basically out of bounds on like you know the two or three yard line there on a, on a fade pattern. You can't miss Rudolph like that. So that's probably his worst throw. I think one of his best throws is the next play. You know, it's always hard to come back from a bad throw and uh, and sort of forget about it, right? And he comes back the next play, or maybe it was two plays later, and hits Rudolph on sort of a square in on the back of the end zone there uh, for a big early touchdown in that football game. So uh, I think that's one of my best throws, based on the fact that he missed a fairly easy one right before that. Was that the New York game Monday night? Yeah, New York. I think that I think that was the the New York game. I think that was it. Yep, I remember that throw. Great pass. I think it was on third down too to to get the Vikings up by two touchdowns at that point. There there was a throw a couple weeks ago where he uh, he sat in the pocket and it was just a little like seven yard dink and dunk, but he got hit right in the chops on that play. And sometimes those throws are my favorite too. You got a quarterback that will stand in there and take a hit. You took the words out of my mouth. That was Whitney Merciless on a delayed blitz going around the line, clear path, full speed. And I've seen multiple angles of the throw. I still don't know how Bradford did it because he had to adjust his arm angle to just get the ball off. And he fluttered it right to Jarius Wright. I mean, it was a perfect display of vision, of pocket presence, you know, hanging in there, taking a hit. And and he was shaken up too, but he gunned that thing to Wright. With Bradford, it doesn't seem like he needs to have his legs into it that much he's just got a, a this rubber arm that just can fling it well he's bigger stronger guy than than you think i mean you look at him on tv and he doesn't look that big you know i'm six foot four and a half uh about 225 230 pounds and bradford's bigger than me we might weigh he probably weighs about 230 and he's got about an inch on me so he's a big guy and he's got a lot of leverage when he throws the ball and uh, it doesn't take much for him to, to flick it, you know, 20 or 30 yards. Did you see the picture circulating on Twitter of NFL on Fox using Teddy Bridgewater's body with Sam Bradford's head photoshopped on it as their picture? I did see that. And uh, then people started tweeting about my, uh, I guess when I, when Favre got, came to the Vikings back in 2009, <laughs> they put his head on my body. And that looked hilarious because his, they had his head smaller for some reason. So I thought it looked like Beetlejuice, one of those Beetlejuice characters back in the day. Uh, but, yeah, they've done that stuff before. But to, to do in this situation with Teddy, who's wearing two gloves, two big white gloves, 
it's it's an obviously a very different throwing motion. Um, poor work on uh, by by Fox there. People started doing. I think the Vikings started doing all all sorts of uh, photoshopping and and putting Sam Bradford's head on famous pictures yeah, and, and the things moon like landing, that. the moon landing, and uh, Muhammad Ali, the French Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw another Photoshop of Sage Rosenfels combined with Tavares Jackson, and somebody captioned it Tarsagius Rosenjack. You ever seen that? <laughs> no, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's a it's a good me. one. You'll have to you'll have to look it up. Lockdown Vikings, Lockdown Podcast Network, Sam and Sage, at Sam Ekstrom, at Sage Rosenfels 18. Make sure to check out Lockdown NFL, Lockdown Fantasy, Lockdown Eagles with Teron Davenport. He was on the show yesterday. Go back and podcast that. Just across the city, it's Lockdown Timberwolves with Alan Horton, who I think is going to be ranting about the Minnesota Lynx loss last night. Uh, you can check that out, Locked on Timberwolves. So the Eagles have this new rookie right tackle and I, Teron Davenport yesterday tried to teach me how to say his name. You'll have to be patient with me here if I botch it. Hala Pula Vati Vaitai, rookie right tackle. How can the Vikings exploit his inexperience defensively? Well, one, you just, I just lined up Everson Griffin over there a lot. I mean, Everson Griffin's such a dangerous pass rusher. Not that Brian Robeson's not, but Everson's got the, he's a little bit quicker. And he causes, a few, I think, a few more issues, in particular on third down. But I think one of the more confusing things you can do for an offensive line is to get in those three, four fronts. You sort of have three down linemen or maybe even two guys in a three-point stance then have three or four guys walking around. Uh, again, in particular on third down when you don't have to be as gap sound in your pass rush and create some confusion. Uh, more than anything, young guys get confused by sort of the X's and O's of the game. And it's easy when you just line up with four guys down and I got that, you know, that defensive end and he's a guy I'm blocking. But if there's guys walking around and you don't know which guys are which and where guys are going to end up, uh, confusion ca- can, call, can cause a little bit of hesitation, and hesitation usually ends up being a sack. And I wonder if it'll be a little bit of robbing Peter to pay Paul for the Eagles because it sounds like they're probably going to need to put a tight end or two to help out Vitae on that right side. So maybe if you're putting all of your reinforcements on the right, maybe that even exposes the left a little bit. Yeah, well, that's that's what teams do is they say, well, we'll leave in a running back to chip a little bit more or, or we'll leave in a tight end and sort of play him off the ball and he'll either just stay in, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> or he'll block his way out uh, and sort of chip and help that right tackle out. Well, now you've, now you've only got three receivers uh, out in the route in the passing game uh, and you've got, you know, three on seven uh, basically in the back end against this Vikings defense and, and that's not good either. It causes you to hold the ball longer and, cause those guys have to protect a little bit longer so yeah exactly right uh take from one and, and have to pay it to the other and and i'm always one to get my guys out uh, so i can get rid of that ball quick you've played in the nfc east before you've probably been in philly several times is that one of the better home environments in the nfl it is a good one uh but it's a, it's one where if you get up you know get up on a, like a 14 point lead um those fans are very they're probably the quickest to boo in the NFL, sure. uh, but if it's a good game, they've been in a lot of good games. The NFC East is a great division to play in. I played it on two teams with Washington and New York. It's a fantastic division to play in. Uh, they've had great rivalries there for a long, long time. But, yeah, if you get up on that team, uh, they, they will boo very, very early. Uh, that's just the way Philadelphia fans are. So I would say the toughest environments to play would be 
probably in Seattle. Uh, and, of course, uh, down in New Orleans, when the Saints are good, man, that place gets really loud. It, it kind of reinforces my theory that great fans are made more by their external environment and by the stadium they inhabit because I, I would highly doubt that the fans in New Orleans, let's say, or Seattle, are, are actually cheering that much more than a team, you know, in Philadelphia or a Green Bay, Chicago. They just don't have the acoustics to create the noise level that, that a Seattle or a Minnesota or a New Orleans has. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. Seattle and, uh, and Kansas City, the way those stadiums are built, one, the, I think the fans are, are fantastic, but the way the stadiums are built, uh, causes the stadium to be louder, and then I think the stadium, the, the fans have, um, you know, have learned that they're one of the loudest stadiums, which gives them even like more ammunition, uh, more gas, sorry, throwing more gasoline on the fire. To it's something they're taking pride in of being the loudest or one of the loudest uh, stadiums, and so I think it's a mix. There's definitely stadiums that aren't that loud um, or as loud as others, and um, you know, place like say like Miami. Miami doesn't really get all that loud. It might now. It, it sort of has that new quasi roof uh, on that stadium down there, but it was never that loud. And 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 some just some just aren't. Uh, shoot, even I think even Foxborough, uh, for, with all the tradition they have up there, I think the fans expect so much uh, from that team that they don't get as loud as as a lot of other stadiums around the league. It's time for our prediction segment. Sam and Sage predicting the best matchups of the weekend couple NFC North teams already played on Thursday, so we're going to add a couple bonus games to pick here. We'll start, though, with Detroit. They host Washington, and Detroit is looking for a three-game win streak against the 4-2 and two Redskins. Your thoughts? Uh, well, I've been ripping on, the, ripping on Detroit and making fun of them most of the year, and they're playing really well this week, but I think it's going to end, and, and I do like this Washington Redskins team. Uh, I like what Kirk Cousins does. I think this just depends if Cousins throws that key interception at some point in the game he seems to have a really good game and throw for 250 or 300 yards but then throws a key red zone interception so if he can stay away from those i like to i like washington in this ball game you mentioned key interceptions detroit's come up with two of them in the last two weeks they picked carson wentz at the end to win then they picked case keenum to win at the end last week against los angeles I actually like that Detroit offense. I'm going to go with the Lions to win their third straight at home and sweep that homestand. I'm going to say 24-19 to 19 over Washington. How about Seattle at Arizona? Seattle uh, playing a little bit better of late. That's a big rivalry now. I like uh, the Cardinals in this ballgame if Carson Palmer plays. If Drew Stanton has to play, uh, I don't like uh, the Cardinals in this game. So it all depends on the starter for me. Stanton did not play well. Uh, in their start a week and a half ago, even though they won the game fairly easily, I think he was like 11 of 28 for 100 or 11 of 25 for like 128 yards or something like that. So really wasn't much of a game, but good enough to be whoever they were playing. So I, I like the Cardinals in this game. If Carson Palmer's playing, if it's Drew Stanton, I like the Seahawks. Looks like Carson Palmer hasn't practiced yet this week, so his chances of playing probably getting pretty slim. And if that's the case, I'm also going to go with Seattle who has that classic slow start to their season, kind of down pat, but this is the point where they usually turn it on a bit and build some cushions. So I like the Seahawks. Next, Patriots at Steelers with no Big Ben. Uh, I think this is an easy one. Patriots uh, probably by, I think, at least two touchdowns. Uh, Tom Brady's playing 
Yeah, he, if he wasn't suspended for the first four games, he'd be the MVP candidate. He's thrown for about 800 yards in the last two weeks, and so I, I like the Patriots in this ballgame. As do I. Steelers are wacky, though. I mean, they, they've played four impeccable football games. All their wins have been convincing. But then they've got that 31-point loss against Philadelphia, and they really got worked by Miami last week, and I got knocked out of my survivor pool as a result. So I, I'm a little bitter at Pittsburgh right now. And obviously they lost Roethlisberger in that game. But I'll also take the Patriots. Last one, Vikings at Eagles. Your thoughts? I think this Vikings D is going to give Carson Wentz a lot of trouble. Um, He did not have a very good game last week. I feel like, uh, what was Wentz, 11 of 22 or something like that. So I actually like the Vikings by... Uh, a decent amount in this ball game, probably two touchdowns or even 17 points. I'm going to go with uh, 24 to seven in this ball game. Now, kind of like the Houston game where, where you thought it was going to be closer. You thought a Blair Walsh field goal at the end. That's kind of the intuition I have for this one at Philadelphia. I think the Vikings win it close. I think that it may come down to a Blair Walsh field goal. Maybe not at the very end, but down the stretch, he's going to have to hit a big one. 1917 Vikings. All right. Sounds like we're both on the same page at least though. Yep. Vikings go to 6 and 0 and off I think off the bye is the biggest factor for me. Just giving giving Zimmer 2 weeks to prepare for a rookie quarterback who's kind of reeling right now. It it's not a great scenario for for Philadelphia. I mean, it's all all of the favors got to be in the Vikings court. I think Philadelphia is an improved football team from last year with Chip Kelly being gone. But I think that, uh, you know, they came off hot early. No one was expecting much of them. And at the end of the day, I think they're just a pretty average football team with a good rookie quarterback. Eagles may be a tad overrated. The Vikings probably one of the NFL's elite. So those are our predictions. You can hold us to them on Monday. Just tweet at us at Sam Ekstrom at Sage Rosenfels 18. Sage, have a fantastic weekend. Yep, you too. Sam and Sage, Locked On Vikings, Locked On Podcast Network. Full breakdown of the game on Monday. Talk to you then. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.